Today, I'm going to be talking with Larry Turner, hypnotherapist and nutritionist, about effective ways to lose weight and keep the weight off. So stay tuned. And please visit our website, therelationshipmaze.com, for lots of free resources and our online course on how to build more fulfilling relationships. So welcome to The Relationship Maze, and today I'm really delighted to be speaking with Larry Turner. Larry Turner is a nutritionist and a hypnotherapist who specializes in weight loss. So uh, welcome, Larry. Hello. Hi, and um, I'm really fascinated to find out more about what you do, and I'm just wondering, you know, what, what's something you're really passionate about with, with your work? Well, um. I originally changed nutrition a long time ago now, 15 years or so, uh, because I'd had a weight problem when I was younger um, and uh, I'd kind of solved it in the end using proper nutrition. And as I trained in that, that was all fantastic. But then I suddenly realized that I'm going to design these lovely diets for people and they're not going to stick to them because I never stuck to any diets when I was younger. I had a, a shelf full of diet books, but I didn't stick to them. So that's when I decided to train initially in NLP and then it was the, the hypnotherapy that I really loved. So I suppose what I believe very firmly is two things. One is that some people say, oh, well, um, if you've got um, a weight problem, then you've got a food addiction problem and it's all in the mind. And then some people say um, you just need to get people eating the right way. I believe it's definitely the mind body have to work together because if you're eating a very unhealthy diet, it affects your brain function and affects your ability to make sensible decisions about food. But when you're locked into this kind of sort of addictive relationship, particularly with things like sugar, um, you can't make those uh, dis- better decisions until you get yourself off sugar. And hypnotherapy is a very helpful way to do that. Yeah, that's, 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 I think that's some really great points. And, and, and that really highlights that mind-body sort of mm. connection as well in terms of what you're eating influences how you yeah. think and yeah. how you think influences what you're eating. And um, have you got a particular approach in terms of how hypnotherapy can help people cha- change that sort of link in terms of making it easier to get off sugar, for example? Well, I think it's very individual. I always say to people, say to me, some people come to, I'm also trained in hypnogastric band, but I don't use hypnogastric band because I did it for a little while and people came wanting a magic wand and they thought they'd walk out and they would never want sugar again. And I think it's much more complicated than that because there are triggers in people's lives, you know, that cause them then to return to default behaviors. And if, if they've got a problem with sugar, it will be they go back to the chocolate. So I think I feel quite passionately that. Um, you use hypnotherapy as a tool, but it's not the whole solution. Um, so for, for some people, just the de-stressing element of hypnotherapy is enough to reduce their anxiety because it's the anxiety that's leading them to overeat or to snack or to pick. For other people, um, it really is a, a massively important tool in terms of cutting off the automatic behavior. You know, I'm in a shop, I see chocolate, I buy chocolate. Well, I use hypnotherapy to try and break that link. Then there's all sorts of things in between about emotional eating, stress eating. Um, obviously, I use it for portion control. Um, it's really individual. I do a lot of, although I do hypnotherapy, I also do a lot of talking in my sessions because quite often people want to want to talk in a lot of detail about their lives and and that's also a really powerful tool for people feeling listened to about how they feel and understood as well many years ago when I was still struggling with my weight 
um, I saw a nutritionist who said to me, you know, when you want to overeat, have a natural yogurt. And I thought, you have never had a weight problem. You have no idea what to find. You're going to see nice, healthy people, but that's not the people, that's not who I am. And that's not the people I'm helping. The people I'm helping are really struggling with the food. They may be successful in every other area of their lives, but the food becomes a kind of escape valve for all their emotions. And so sometimes we have to talk a lot about their lives and how they're feeling and how they're working and and try to work out what the food is doing for them and therefore how they can alter their lives. One of my favorite phrases is, you know, if the most exciting point of your day is what you're having for dinner, then it's your life that needs to change, not just the food. I mean, I I think that's such an interesting area and so important, that emotional link with food. And, you know, something I talked about in a a recent podcast uh, as well was how food becomes that association for so many things whether it's comfort when we're kids and you know parents give you sweets if you're behaving well and we form that sort of thing oh do this it's a reward or even going out on a date it's like we associate we usually go out and think well you know you go and eat and that's kind of that's something that feels nice and 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 that link becomes really really powerful it is i think particularly the last you know 15 16 months we've had with lockdown for many people the only joy has been eating i mean actually people have broken down in two ways in lockdown some people who've been at home uh, perhaps been on furlough have been able to spend the time getting fit eating well and they've lost weight but for a lot of other people they've eaten more and because that's the only that well what should we do well we'll just go and get a you know a, a bottle of wine and a pizza um i mean the whole kind of delivery food thing that's really massively escalated during lockdown is not helping because of course that means for people who have problems with impulse control um and they, they used to have to go to a shop to buy whatever it was now they can just you know click and, they, and it arrives and i've got quite a lot of clients who order things like sweets now um or online and it's delivered by motorbike you know and I'm, the first thing that we do with them is right will you delete that app just for a month we delete it because we need to remove those highly addictive foods from you to get yourself on an even keel right i i, I, I didn't realize people were ordering sweets for absolutely us. yes you, <laughs> you don't live in my world tom <laughs> i know all the tricks <laughs> yeah that really is that, that I, really I, is I, I just think i i often also say and i have i have clients who are who are um chefs i have clients who run food companies you know why it's a bit like the why why are there so many people with drinking problems in the pub trade is it the pub that made them have the drinking problem is it the drinking problem that made them choose the career and i think the same is certainly true of people who work in the food industry so for those clients we've got a problem because they are surrounded by food all the time and they're not on the whole going to going to leave their that food job um but one of my main jobs for people who don't work in the food is to make food less important and make other things more important um and so yes part of what it is hypnotherapy but also i talk a lot about what do you do for you what's your hobby and often people don't have any hobbies and i say you know i had a client who very difficult relationship ending a marriage overeating they're two of them living in the same house very, very difficult. And over the space of probably about a year, 18 months, I didn't see her continually. We, I saw her periodically. Um, the, the separation happened. And, you know, I talked to her a lot about, you know, what would you like to do with your life? Because the food has been a way to comfort yourself in this difficult situation. And she ended up buying a Harley Davidson. And she was in her 60s. And, um, and, <laughs> and she now spends her weekends on runs on her Harley Davidson. And I thought that was amazing. And she got her weight down and her weight is still down because she doesn't need the food anymore to provide her with that excitement, that comfort, that treat. She's got something else to occupy her mind. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I, th- I think that as well kind of digs a little bit deeper into people's values because a lot of the time we have these short-term things that we look for, we have short-term rewards, which gives us something, but actually what we really want is is that feeling. It's whether it's uh, kind of freedom, whether it's fulfillment. And, you know, sometimes we get the short-term things that we think gives us something, but ultimately actually makes us feel less good. And, and like what you're talking about, getting a Harley Davidson, that sounds to yeah. be you know, moves towards more towards like that bigger value and that yes. underlying thing. I think there are certain points in people's lives where they're ready to make that shift and to kind of rediscover their values. And I think certainly for uh, many women, it's the point at which their children are leaving home, for example, or even the point at which their children are going to to school and they've had small children. All of a sudden, they've got more, a bit more freedom. They often come to see me at those points. You know, they the children are going to school. Um, uh, uh, divorce or separation is another one and and the empty nest one is another one and I see that people at those three junctions in their lives when they're thinking about who am I what do I want to be and the weight is part of that often the weight's gone on because particularly if you're a parent of very small children you can't just oh I'll just go to the gym for two hours you know if you've got small children that may not be possible so instead you're doing endless cooking three times a day again particularly over lockdown many women have been cooking all day, every day, seven days a week, you know. And so the, 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 there comes a point when they, they put on a stone or maybe two stone and they want to take the stone off. And, and it's about finding out either wanting to be the person they used to be, which is always tricky because we can't go back. And so I always talk about perhaps a new version of that, but certainly wanting to shed this layer of fat that's been sort of muffling their voice, really. Again, one of the, one of the sentences that I use in one of my scripts is, Ask your unconscious, what did the weight say for you that you can now say for yourself? I think that's a really important question for many people. You know, I, I remember having a male club, I don't, I don't see men and women, and um, he was from a Greek family and he was the sort of only son in this uh, Greek family. It was quite an extended family and he was very overweight and his job appeared to be, well, he created this role for himself as the sort of person who helps everybody in the family. So if they, anybody wanted to come from Cyprus, he was the one who organised the travel and he helped people get this, that and the other and he did the GP visit and he did all of that. And he was a lovely, lovely guy. But because he was doing all of that, he wasn't having any time for himself. And he was a classic people pleaser. So he's pushing all his needs down and he was eating to keep pushing those needs down. And actually part of working with him was saying, actually, maybe this isn't your, your, it's lovely being Mr. Lovely Man, but actually that's not real. And you need to learn to say no a bit because this food is telling me that this is not making you happy because you're using the food to try and make you happy. So it's quite difficult change for him to make um but an important change for him to make and again for many parents it's about saying i had uh, got one woman with she's got a um two small children and a baby but she had a nanny and she's got you know people a family around her and everything and she said i can't leave the baby and go to the gym and i said i completely understand the guilt involved in that but are you happy the way you are and you are going to be a better mother if you are happier so actually you do need to prioritize yourself and that's a difficult thing for some people to do and a really important thing yeah absolutely and 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 i, I think you know with, with myself um might be more unusual i've been doing full-time parenting for a few years as well and sort of there is this thing where i'd make sometimes three meals a day and sometimes not the healthiest things no. or i'd be <laughs> fairly healthy um but at the same time um then, then i realized i over lockdown i've been 
putting on some weight and oh, now you I, see I, me <laughs> yeah, yeah and but then I suddenly I I I vacillate well I I combine being obviously tough when I need to be um, but also a cheerleader I need to be too you know but people often with weight loss do want a few theorist rules because they're paying they're paying money to come and see me so therefore they want me to say you need to be eating that you need to not be eating that you know and this is the and I need to see that you're doing this you know so so I interrupt yeah. you yeah absolutely as a parent yeah you do it's cooking kids food three times a day isn't it and yeah and, and it's that short-term thinking of mm, that smells really good and, and also sometimes having to cook a separate meal for myself or make it yes. differently like instead of using pasta kind of making spiralized courgette or something and and it's, it's that extra effort that is worth it it's, it takes time but sometimes there's that temptation that in again that instant temptation of that quick fix and mm, that would be nice that'd be nice to eat and it, it's trying to see that bigger picture and one of the, the techniques that i'm sure you know which i use which is future pacing which is and it's probably one of the most, most important things i would say that you can learn to do if you've got a problem with your weight using kind of hypnotherapy technique which is to put when you see that let's say it's a plate of fish fingers i mean actually they're not the worst thing in the world let's say a plate of chicken nuggets okay and initially you look at those and you think oh they're delicious and they're kind of savory and crispy and they're like kind of a kid thing so it's a bit of nostalgia so they make me feel kind of happy and warm and comforted and all that so you think about how's that you, you always think about how that's going to taste and and, and, and smell and, and uh, how does it look and also what emotion is it going to evoke in me and most people don't do that consciously you do that unconsciously but with future pacing you say hang on stop and I ask people to use a a traffic stop sign, like a red American style stop sign. So they see that in mind and then just think for a moment, okay, let's future pace to how that's going to be actually half an hour after eating it, an hour after I've eaten, a day after. So after I've eaten, I might think, God, I wish I hadn't done that. I was said I wasn't going to do that and I did that. Oh, and I feel really frustrated with myself. And then an hour later, you know, a day later, you're going to get on the scales and you haven't lost any weight. And I'll think, well, oh, I wish I. So it becomes, you begin to put it into a context. So future pacing allows you to contextualize your decisions around food. And actually, the, the stop sign gives you enough time to think about, okay, just kind of stop for a minute. Just think, what is my plan? Is this part of my plan? And if it's not, you carry on on your way without eating the chicken nuggets. So that's about slowing down your automatic decisions around food. It's about impulse control. It's about making a kind of grown up, mature decision about, yes, that is delicious. But is that where I'm going at the moment? And it maybe it isn't. Yeah, and that, that sounds uh, like a great picture as well, because that stop sign is something that has quite a powerful meaning for most people, you know, when we're driving, that has that instant connection. Yeah. And do you, do you sometimes find that you have to take people back to, in hypnotherapy, do you do regression to take them back to kind of a like childhood or kind of de- helping to deal with some things that maybe have been unresolved and they need to resolve? You know, regression is quite a controversial area, um, but obviously there was a lot of problems with uh, controversy about it, certainly, you know, 20 years ago. I'm very careful with regression. I don't ever regress anybody unless they want me to. So um, I have some clients who specifically say, I do not want to go back to my childhood. I had a very unhappy childhood and they will either want to talk about it or they won't want to talk about it. So I don't, I have done you something called timeline when you go back the first time you felt anger or sadness and that can be quite effective. Um, but I have um, metaphorical uh, regression scripts that I use that I like a lot better because they're, they, they allow the person to maintain the privacy 
for themselves around their things that have happened that they perhaps don't want to talk about but are on their mind so you know i will use a sort of i use a script called time capsule which is about where you're in this very safe time capsule and you go back you can choose to go to kind of fantasy places in the future the present or the past but then right so you had a lovely kind of like lovely trip in this time capsule and you're feeling like this is really exciting and wonderful and then right at the end it kind of slips in a couple of things which i really think are wonderful one is about you know, you might you feel really safe in this capsule, and you know you may want to think about uh, a confrontation you've had in the past, maybe when you were a child or when you were older, and the need to forgive yourself and the need to forgive the other person. And what I think that's really fantastic is that it's a way to allow people to let go of some of the negative stuff they're carrying without asking them to confront it directly, which can be too scary for people. So I often do that. And I often have other kind of people who sabotage themselves sometimes are carrying all sorts of um, negative stuff. And I do, again, metaphorical work. There's one where we go into a, a, a corridor in a lovely hotel and there's lots of rooms and they can go to the different rooms. And some of them are lovely fun to revisit and some of them are things that are unresolved and I give people the choice. They don't have to go into the room that's unresolved, but they can. And for some people, they say, oh, I hadn't thought about afterwards. They say, oh, I hadn't thought about that in years. And, and I said, well, clearly you had been thinking about it, but you just didn't know you'd been thinking about it. And so that can be quite freeing. So I suppose my, for me, working with my clients, I do it, but in a very subtle way. I don't like, right, let's just jump two feet back into when you were three years old. And, and because it's just for me, for me, I think it's a, it, to me, it's a bit too confrontational for, for a lot of my clients who can be quite on the inside, quite vulnerable on the outside, very successful, but on the inside, quite vulnerable. Then somebody comes with a really big weight problem. You know, if they're looking, if we're looking at somebody who's five or six stone overweight, which are some of the people that I help, then we've got quite a big problem going on. And there's likely to be quite a lot of stuff that they, that'll be there, but they perhaps don't want to confront. Yeah, and that's, that sounds like um, really great imagery to to address that. Um, and I'm just wondering if, if there's anything you'd like to say to anybody who's struggling with um, sort of trying to achieve weight loss and how people can get in touch with you. All right, so I would say um, I have lots of clients who say to me, I know what I should be eating, but I just can't stick to it. And I say, okay, let's just have a look at what you're eating first because there's so much contradictory information out there. And a lot of people say, for example, say, well, I've given up red meat thinking that's going to help them weight, lose weight. In my experience, it doesn't. I've gone vegan. That'll help me lose weight. It, you do it for moral reasons. Do it for, you know, planetary reasons. Absolutely. But don't necessarily do it for weight loss. So I think, you know, don't assume you know how, what you should be eating. I favor a kind of paleo um well, medium protein, lots of vegetables and some carbohydrate approach, not too much carbohydrate. Um, and I often say to I have vegetarian clients who don't like vegetables. And I say, you're a vegetarian. How can you not like vegetables? Because they all live on pasta and cheese. And I say, it's not a cheesetarian. It's not a falafelitarian. It's a vegetarian. So let's try and help you to like vegetables a bit better. So I work on that. Um, in terms of um, uh, the, the kind of mind element of it, um, I suppose what I would say is um, ask yourself what the food's doing for you. Um, is it a release from a very unhappy marriage? Is it um, a distraction from a job you hate? Um, is it simply because you're overwhelmed with stuff and you're so stressed that it's the way you're comforting yourself? Because the food is doing a job for you and try and work out what job the food is doing and then 
if it's doing the if it's de-stressing you well then the answer is, is to sort the food out but also to look at the stress levels and is there anything you can do to take the stress levels down a bit because that will help because food is so often a, if, if ever you know i'm not 100 percent. you know i have my you know days when i'm not eating as well as i should i mean i compared to how i used to be you know i used to be able to eat an entire tray of marks and spencer ice creams one after the other you know so yeah i'm doing really well compared to that and my weight is completely stable now but if i find myself wanting to reach for chocolate it's a red flag. It's like, why? What's going on in my life that's making that's that happen? That there's something anxiety going on, so I need to address the cause of the anxiety. So, um, I think that the, the food is not having a weight problem is, is, is a source of great shame for many people. It's simply a vulnerability, and it's simply a message from your unconscious to you, or your conscious, trying to tell you, listen, something's not working in my life. Let's see if we can actually improve that so uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with me they can also they can get in touch with me through my website which is larryturner.com and that's l-o-w-r-i um, um or you can well you can find me all over the place to be honest i'm not gonna get my phone number but yeah just find larryturner.com um, and i work both online and in person online in north london i think that's such a powerful message that you know is learning to listen to yourself yeah. and actually just yeah. tune into what's going on for you is is so important yeah yeah, yeah. and Thank you so much for, for being being here today and kind of being a guest on the show. Um, and, uh, yeah, but thank you. And I ho- please do head over to uh, Larry's website and um, hopefully you'll find some things that can really benefit you. So thanks again.